get ready. It's that time of year. Everywhere you go, every place you show up at, this is the sound you're fixing to hear. And it's one of those things that we all know the very moment it happens. It's like, oh my gosh, Christmas is here. Oh my goodness, Thanksgiving is here. And today I wanted to talk to you about something that I think is very important for us to talk about. Okay? So we're a church family. Is there anybody in this place, give me at least a grunt, if you want to know God's plan for generosity? Okay, that was better than a grunt. That was awesome. That was great. And see, here's the thing. Today, I'm going to coach you on some things, okay? And I just want to prepare you. You're probably going to push back. There's probably going to be something I say that you're going to be like, well, that was pretty bold. That was pretty brash. Man, that's pretty arrogant. And for all the people in the room that you just don't like me, okay, I'm fixing to give you some ammunition, okay? I'm fixing to help you out completely. There's no telling how today's going to get twisted. But for everybody that has ears to hear and you're like, okay, make it a little uncomfortable for me. Okay, okay, kind of prod me on a little bit. Okay, don't let me get comfortable, Pastor Ty. You're going to love today, okay? And let me just tell you, it was uncomfortable for me hearing some of the things that were kind of working out in my heart, but they worked out in my heart. And there's things that we need to hear that I think it's so important. One of the things that I just want you to know, here's, let's start this from the beginning. You ready? I'm going to build a tension. I'm going to show you some teaching and then we're going to see what Jesus said, and I'm going to send you home with food for thought, something to think about, something to chew on. Does that sound good? Okay, so there's four parts to the day, but we got to get through the tension part. Here's the first tension part. There is a difference between being a giver and being generous. Okay, yeah, and you don't even have to amen me at this part, because this is the part where, you know, it's... That was just the easy one right there, okay? Okay? And it's not going to get bad. I'm just trying to wake you up a little bit. But there is a difference. As, as a pastor, I notice there is a difference between givers. And there's a difference between people who are generous. Okay? And, and let me just tell you, this is a very giving church. This church can give. This church has a giver's heart. But the second statement I'm going to make is where it might get a little tense. Y'all ready for this? There's a lot of people who think they're generous, but they're not. Okay, And there is a lot of people who think they're generous, but they're a giver. And they're not generous. If you're new to Cowboy Junction and you've never been to Cowboy Junction before, we don't talk about money all the time. Okay? This time of year, though, it is very important because we are coming up on Christmas presents. Oh, we're 50, are we 50 or 49 days away from Christmas. We're right around the corner. On top of that, we're fixing to be around a lot of people who we need to be generous towards and our, with our love and kindness. Yes, so family's fixing to come over. Yes, and, and you can be a giver, but that doesn't mean you're generous. Okay, And then all over the place, you're going to see that this time of year, especially this year, like last year, there are going to be people, a lot of people, who need a little extra help than they've ever needed before. 
And I want you to start paying attention. Are we givers? Are we spontaneous? Are we knee-jerk throwers? Or are we generous in an ongoing 365-day-a-year heart of God, intentional, generosity-flowing people of God? And so I want to start off, and I want to just kind of tell you a few things. One is this. Did you know that generosity is, we're getting there, we're going to get there, it's so good. Three, two, one, boom. Okay, yes, there, there it is. I was, just, I was off just a little bit. Generosity is not natural. Generosity is not natural. Giving is natural. Generosity is not natural. And I want you to give you an example. Your children. Your children were not born generous. Your children may still not be generous. They may be givers, which means if you turn to them and say, hey, share that with your sister, they may go, no. And you go, no, share it with your sister. And they, they toss it to them or whatever. And if you ask them later, they'll say, well, I gave it to her. And see, that's just it. We're givers naturally. Naturally, we see that there's a need for generosity. But instead of moving towards generosity, we actually find there's a natural sense towards giving, but there's not a natural sense towards generosity. It's important we start and talk about this because for us to understand today's message, we have to understand that we as people have a tendency to give, but we don't have to, a tendency to be generous. And there is a difference between the two and the be. To give versus being generous. Um, you, know, you know, here's the funny thing, too, about natural. Generosity is not natural. But let me tell you some things that are natural. And this blows my mind. This blows my mind. Some things that are natural. You want to know what is natural? One of the things that is natural, uh, more. More is natural. I want more. Give me more. More, 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 more. We're all born with an empty hole inside of us. And more is natural. More puts us into so much insecurity. More puts us into fear. We always want more. But what, I, I got a question for you. What's the, what's the finish line? Where's the place that you go, now I'm there? And if I talk to you about your retirement, I don't know if you could tell me, especially right now, what you need to retire, but it's on your mind all the time. You're thinking about it constantly. And if we're not careful, we don't ever allow anybody to just point out, do you know you're never going to be happy if you're not careful? You're never going to know God's plan for your life because you're always thinking about more. You're never going to know the miracles all around you because you're always thinking about what you don't have and you always need more. And you're all, there's more happening all around you. And just at the place where you think, okay, I think I'm finally there, something happens. You hit 100,000 miles on your car, and now your brain starts spinning. Dad always told me I need to sell it by 100,000. And, and now you're back in the more category. Where is the place of just knowing now? And, and this is very important because more 
is always going to be a natural thing in your life. And we have to address it because Jesus addresses it. And he also addresses generosity. And we're going to talk about it today. But let's talk about the, what, what is natural. More is natural. But you know what else is natural? I just decided to add this one. This is another one. Crazy more is natural. <laughs> crazy more. You know what crazy more is? Is when you can't afford it, but you want it anyway. It doesn't fit in your budget. It, you can't afford it. There's no way you can get it, but you got to have it. And, and then, you know what else is? You know what else? It's not just crazy more natural. Crazy more says, even if I can't afford it, at least I can make the monthly payments and pay the interest. Oh, this, I told you it's going to get really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. Three people just turned around and looked at the door, okay? There, there's a reason... It, it, it boggles my mind how we don't like to hear the word no. And we don't stop and pause and think about what would make me happy. All we have to answer that question is more would make me happy. And what we find, let me show you how crazy more works. We end up buying something we can't afford, okay, and we put it on interest rate. And let me show you what happens. This is what happens. The moment we buy it, it goes down in value. The moment you buy your car, the moment you buy your new bow, the moment you buy your cell phone, you buy it and it goes down in value. But we put it on a monthly plan and pay interest and it goes up in cost. It's crazy. The way we think. And the way we think, and it'll, it'll all come together. It'll all work, tight. It's because we were all born with a natural sense of more and crazy more. And this is so dangerous. And it's something we've got to talk about. Because if I was to walk around this room, I bet we would all be under the same conclusion. That we don't feel rich, but we really are. And we don't... And, and we totally feel generous, but we're actually not. I'm going to say it again because Jeff liked it. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff, for being here. <laughs> Nobody in this room would feel rich. That's just my assumption. None of us would feel rich. But the reality is we are very rich. This room is filled with loaded people. And you go, no, I don't have any money. I'm telling you, you're making more money than the people, the 99% of the other people in the world. It's just our American mentality says what we don't have, and we try to get more. Versus what you do have, and to realize you don't feel rich, but I'm telling you, you are. And every one of us feels generous, and I'm willing to say we're not. Generosity is not a random act of giving. Generosity is not random acts of giving. We show up and we give. And generally there's two reasons why we give. Are you ready? We give either because we're inspired I never want you to lose your heart for inspirational giving. 
If you ever see someone in need and you give them money, that's awesome. If you ever see someone hungry and you feed them, don't ever lose that. If you see somebody that needs help, I want you to help them. I don't ever want you to, 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 to lose that. But if that's all you do, I want you to know that you're a giver. You're not generous. Emotional giving is not generosity. And the flip side is this, okay? Guilt giving is not generosity either. And for a lot of us, the only ways that we ever give, if we see someone hungry on the TV screen and we go, oh my gosh, I want to do something, and we give really quick and we toss it that way, but we have no clue who the person is and it was just a random act of giving, that's not generosity. And the flip side is, if anybody ever has the ability to manipulate us and guilt us into giving, that's another way that giving people give. But can I turn to you and tell you, generous people who have built a lifestyle out of 365 days of practicing the incredible law of generosity in the kingdom of God will hardly ever give because of inspiration. They will give, but it's not as random. It's not, it's not as usual as just their heart of generosity constantly, consistently, over and over again. They're, they're not moved by spontaneous giving. They just live a life of giving. And the flip side is they will never give if it's under manipulation. That's the way that generous people live. And it's something important for us all to pay attention to and take a look at because in our own lives we have to understand that generosity leads to some pretty amazing things in our life. And this is the part that you may completely disagree with. You're going to have to pause because it sounds completely different what I'm about to show you of way that you've been taught and the way that your dad did things, the way that your mom did things. But what I'm about to show you is what we're going to unpack for the next several weeks. And it's very important. And here it is. You ready? Here we go. When you become generous, everybody say generous. You will give more, save more, and consume less. And some people would go impossible. But I'm telling you, it's as real as this message today. That as when you become generous, not be a giver, but when you become generous, you will end up giving more, you will end up saving more, and you will become a consumer of less. And if there's ever been two people that have exemplified this little statement right here, it has been Ty and Heather Bean. Two kids from the sticks, started a church, had to live off of nothing, and every year had to rethink our giving and generosity, and giving and generosity. And since Heather's in the room today, at any point if I say something not true about this little statement, you just go, <coughs> okay? In our own life, we have honored God with the best, and we have chosen organizations that we love to the point to we're not even givers anymore. But we are so strategic in our giving, we've given more per year than what we thought we gave that year. Over the years, not only... Are we giving more? And just like, hey, what, I think we gave this much this year, and it'd be beyond what we thought we gave. Well, I bet we spent a lot more. And she goes, no, you ought to see our savings account. It's actually more than what I thought it was, than what I thought it was. 
So we were giving more, but we were saving more at the same time, but our consumption was less. There's nothing that we owe money on. There's zero interest in our home. Yeah, 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 it's pretty so cool. And to back this up, let me just turn and just adjust. There you go. And we're two living, breathing examples of you can become generous. When you, uh, when you become generous, you will give more, save more, and consume less. But can I throw the third one in here? This is something that we are the most excited about. Not only have we given more, saved more, consumed less, but we're just happier people. It, it, we just get chill bumps walking around our home, and Heather goes, oh, I couldn't wait for you to get home. Guess what we did? We were able to follow through on the commitment that we made to such and such place, and we have f fully fulfilled our commitment that we made to them. And we're like, ooh, that's cool. Because it was such a pucker moment for us making this kind of commitment. But we were able to give more than we thought we could do. But we're also, she says, hey, I want you to come take a look at this. And she pulls up our, check, our savings accounts. And she says, you're not going to believe this, but look at the savings that took place. And it doesn't make sense because we gave more, but we were able to save more. And then as a couple, because we're in so much agreement on those two things, you ought to see the things that we have to sit down as a couple and be able to turn and say, yes or no. But we're able to stay on track because our no's are no's and our yeses are yeses. And through all of it, we are just happier being generous people instead of givers. And I want to show you some things. First of all, there's some myths about generosity, okay? There's some myths that go with it. The first myth that I see with, with, about being generous is uh, spontaneousness is generous. And I know we've covered this a minute ago. And let me just be very clear. And just, spontaneous giving doesn't mean you're generous. It doesn't mean that you're not spontaneous, but generous people are strategic and they know where it goes. And just because you're spontaneous makes you more of a giver than generous. Second thing, people come all the time. And a myth about generosity is it is determined by your cash flow, which means if your cash flow starts flowing, let's say you get a 10% raise. Well, it, Pastor Ty, if I got a 10% raise, I could do more. But can I just turn to you and say, I've never seen anyone get more and give more. In all of my life, I've seen people who didn't give before and made this much, then get a raise and they only learned how to spend more, not give more. And one of the biggest misconceptions about being generous is, hey, listen, when my cash flow goes up, then I'll be a better giver. No, that's not how generous people work. In fact, can I just turn to you and say, some of the people that I know whose cash flow never increases, who you would consider middle class to poor, are some of the most generous people I have ever seen in my life. And it's one of the fascinating things that you find out about generosity, that it really has nothing to do with making more. In fact, can I just turn to you and say, I've had so many people say, as soon as I win the lottery, Ty, this church will never have to worry about another thing. 
in which I would turn and say, if you ever win the lottery, don't ever tell me, just write the tithe check, okay? <laughs> but I will be honest with you, we have had people over the years get in some form or fashion a huge increase, and if they didn't give before, they weren't generous when their increase came in. It's a heart thing, not a cash flow thing. Second thing about generous that is kind of a misconception, a myth, it's, it's the amount that counts. And, and, and that's kind of hard. This is a pucker moment for some people. Because has anybody ever written Cowboy Junction a large check? Well, sure. Has anybody ever done a big thing in this room? Absolutely. But the size of your giving has nothing to do with your generosity. And here's why. There was a woman in the Bible who gave mites. And there was a man who gave a large offering. And Jesus celebrated the woman and her mites because she gave everything. And he gave a large offering. And generosity has nothing to do with the size of the gift. Because some people give everything. And some people write a check for what they want to give. And I'm turning to you and saying, in today's message, and we could teach a whole other message on giving, but this is the season we're coming into as a, as a nation. It's Christmas. It's Thanksgiving. And to have a healthy, robust conversation about what is real generosity, it's not the size of the amount that counts. It's the heart and the rhythm that makes a heart and a person generous. To be able to walk every day in the attitude of where do you want me, God? What do you want me to do? And to have a generous heart. It's so important. And another thing, another thing about the myth of generation, rich people are generous. And can I turn to you and say, it's one of the biggest myths. Some of the poorest people I know are some of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Heather has this amazing story about going to Africa and this little man that made stools. She sat down and had this conversation with him, and she, it was, he so inspired her. And he was making this stool, and he was so poor. He was in the middle of nowhere in Africa, and Heather was talking to him. And she said, I, I'm going to pray that God would bless you. And he turned to her and said, don't pray that God would bless me. He already has. I want to pray that you Americans are, would be so dependent upon God and see the blessing and being dependent upon him. And Heather saw his poorness as a sense of lack. And he reminded her that his lack had nothing to do with poorness. That he saw her prosperity as the true poorness. And I, I, she came home and told me that. And it just inspired us as a couple. And one of the mis misconceptions is that being rich is going to make you generous. And I want you to know as your pastor... You could choose to be generous right now. No matter where you're at, no matter who you are, you could start being generous now. Now, I wrote down my definition. This is my definition for today of what I think generosity is. Okay, here it is. Generous. The calculated, intentional, designated, liberation of personal financial assets. I know it's clunky. I know you look at this and you go, it doesn't flow off the lips. I know. Pay more and it might, 
okay? But I thought it was good. The generous people that I know aren't spontaneous in their giving necessarily, but they are calculated. They know the mission. They know where God has put their attention, and they are calculated in their daily efforts to be generous towards certain places, certain moments, certain times, certain people, and it's this moment to where we realize that generousness is calculated. It's intentional. It's not throwing It's sowing. It's not just throwing it out there. It's intentional and it's it's calculated. They specifically know where God wants them to be generous. It's designated. They not only are generous, but they also know the heartbeat of where they're generous towards. Let me give you a great example. Several years ago, Heather and I got invited to be a part of this group that sponsors kids in other countries. The man who got us involved was so inspirational to me because he had supported 12 kids, but he, every month, would go fly out and meet every one of the kids that he was sponsoring. Now, for Heather and I, we were just sponsoring somebody, and we hoped the money went to the right place, and we loved the fact that we were doing this, and it was fun for us. It stretched our kids. We got letters in the mail, and we mailed letters back. But it blew my mind that he was so absolutely designated, intentional, and calculated. He just didn't want to support 12 kids. He wanted to make sure he knew the 12 kids he was sponsoring. And I thought that was a whole nother level of generosity. Yeah. And you know what it does? Being generous liberates you personally. It frees you up. Because one of the things that I have found that, genera- that, that uh, generousness does is um, when you free your money up, you become free of your money. It's amazing when you free your money up, you become free of your money. Now, we've talked about this. I, th- I think it's been good so far. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to be unpacking this. We're going to take a look at it. But now comes the point that I want you to know that Jesus has something to say about being generous. In fact, I bet you've heard what he has said about being generous. And it's found in the book of Acts. It was mentioned before in the Gospels. But why I pulled it out of the book of Acts is because Paul is giving his last and final goodbye to a group of people that he loves and they don't want to see him go. Paul's writing his last and final little bit of letter. He's encouraging the church of Ephesus, and then he's going to go to Jerusalem. Now, everything about this trip to Jerusalem is saying, Paul, it's not going to go good for you. It's not going to go good for you. In fact, the prophet at the time prophesied that this is not going to end good. And everyone is saying, Paul, don't go. Paul, don't go. But Paul does a brave thing. And he says, guys, just because it doesn't go good doesn't mean it's not God. I know it's not going to go good, but someone's got to go preach in Jerusalem. And so even if it costs me my life, at least I know I'm going to get to go preach in Jerusalem. And so Paul's with these folks, and everyone's crying, and everyone is emotional, and he's saying this big goodbye 
Now, what kind of goodbye could you imagine being the last words you'll ever speak to a group of people who you love very much? And in Acts chapter 20, Paul turns to this group of people and says, don't forget, there are always going to be needy people. I worked my tail off so that I could stay in the ministry. I worked, I mended tents, I wasn't a bum, and I asked you guys to support me when I needed support, but I asked you to support others because they needed it worse than I did. But I'm fixing to leave, and I want to deposit something in your heart. There are needy people in this world, and you need to always be careful to keep your eyes open and be generous. And Paul said this, And remember the words of our Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And now you know why I started this message off talking to you about more. Can I talk to every college student and every high school and junior high kid in the room? There is a natural tendency for you to want more. There is a natural tendency for you to ask your parents for things. There's a natural, and I'm the most guilty. But can I turn to you and say, there is a maturity that takes place in your life when you sit down and you ask the Holy Spirit to unpack what does it mean to be more blessed to give than receive? And if we can grab it as teenagers, can I tell you, We're going to be healthy, generous adults. And this world needs more healthy, generous teenagers. This world needs more healthy, eye-opened. Walk in a world where you recognize a need. And if you can find a need, you can fill it. We need more problem solvers in this world. We don't need more selfish problems. We need teenagers that can be able to say, God made me to be generous. God made me to be a problem solver. God made me to walk with my eyes open. And yes, there's a lot of things I want. And God knows what my wants are. But can you show me, God, before I do receive anything, what it means to be generous so that money doesn't rule me, but I always rule my money? And if we can begin to walk in this and unpack this scripture. Can we go back to it? Here we go. Black screen, three, two, one. Getting close. So there. So there, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I'm going to do it a little Thai bean translation. This is Thai's thoughts on this incredible thing that Jesus said. Happy is the person whose life is ordered around giving and generosity instead of receiving constantly. Happy is the person whose life is wrapped around where do you need me and what do you need me to do? Where's the problem? And God, thank you for equipping me to fix it. I may not have everything, 
But I know what I do have is yours, God. What, what do you want to do with it? More, there will always be more. And there are things you need and there are things that I need. We have to walk in the wisdom to recognize what's the selfish, immature more and what's the more of daily living because those things matter to God and he even says, pray that our needs are met daily. Pray for your daily bread. But I'm going to tell you, generosity, generosity is an experience every person in this room can have. But it's just November. And what if? Let's do something real quick. I'm going to wrap this message up. The worship team is going to come back up here in a minute. And let's just imagine, okay? So let's imagine. Have you ever wasted money? <laughs> have you? Okay, I want you to... I want you to think of money that you've wasted in the last year. Okay, this is this is actually going to be fun. No guilt trip here. Nothing's going. This is this is going to be a fun exercise. Okay, I want you to think about money that you've wasted. And if you're in the room and you're you're over forty, I want you to think about the money you've wasted in the last ten years. Bad business deals, um, 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 cars you shouldn't have bought, things you shouldn't have had. Things you, just go down the list. Like that was the dumbest decision. That was the dumbest purchase oh my gosh that have you ever wasted money and I want you to think about what if what if you were what if I walked in here today and said I have great news for you I've been following you for the last 10 years and every dollar that you thought was wasted I got it back for you it is now sitting in a checking account okay at the bank in Lovington, okay? And I'm going to give it back to you. Every dime that you ever wasted in the last year. But there's a hitch. What if I told you you couldn't spend it on you? And what if I told you we're going to give you a little debit card for this account that has all the money that you wasted over the last 10 years and you have to go find strategic, important, God-pointed-out places in our community that you can go, I want to do that. Let's say somebody's trying to raise $800 to do a really cool cause in our community, and you walk up, and you've got this little checking account that you can't spend on yourself because Ty rescued all this money for you, and you get to go, and you get to go, $800, do $900. And they swipe the card and they go, oh, you're so awesome, that's so cool. And you just get to walk around with this little card. And what if your only responsibility was for one year, for 12 months, you had to take this money that you wasted and you have to every month find a place, and be strategic and be intentional and, and find a rhythm. You mean to just tell you it would be one of the most enjoyable things you ever did in your entire life. It would cause so much happiness that you think things are going to give you. You bought stuff and bought stuff and bought stuff that you thought would make you happy. And can I tell you, if we took all that back and I told you the whole thing I told you a minute ago, you would be so happy. It would be fun to just get involved in places and figure it out how, 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 much, how much is it going to cost to go take the kids to the, to the conference 
8,000. Here, Jeff, put a little in for you. Swipe. Would it not be fun? Thank you, Jeff. I think it would be, can I just tell you? It is fun being generous. It's fun seeing difference made in people's lives. It's fun blessing people. It's fun being spontaneous as a giver, but it's more blessed to give and be generous than to receive. And one of the things we're going to do for the next couple of weeks, we're going to keep unpacking this scripture. What does it mean to be more blessed to give than receive? Because it sure feels good to receive. But what does it mean? And I want you to just think, what would the world look like if you had 12 months to take all the money you wasted and just go be a blessing? Get ready. They're coming. And they should. Because the richest people I've ever met in my life are in this room right here. And you just don't know it yet. But with a little bit of praying and a little bit of seeking God, He's going to show us how to be generous. The church I grew up in, in Artesia, we had a man taught me how to be generous. He was the grouchiest little old man you ever met in your life, but he was so much fun. And he was so intense. But he taught me so much about generosity. One Sunday morning, I showed up at church. He was sitting in the car. And he was watching people go in. And he said, come here. I'm walking in. I'm supposed to go to church. And I guess we're going to skip church today. So I hop in the truck. And during church, him and I walked around in the parking lot at all the little old ladies' cars that had no more tread on their tires. And I'd, I'd write down a license plate, and I'd write down the make and model of the car, and I'd write down the size of the tire, and he would work this aisle, and I'd work this row, and he'd work this row, and we worked the whole row. And the next week, Forrest Tire had three trucks out there while everyone was in church jacking up cars going it was like the Indianapolis 500 at Trinity Temple Assembly of God okay and on a Sunday he asked these guys to come in there some of those little old ladies to this day don't even know they got new tires they just turned to their son who griped them out all the time about you gotta get some tires you gotta get some tires and they just turned to him one day and said Jesus provides and no joke he never told anybody. He'd never tell him. I am the only one who knows how those people got new tires. It was a two-week experience. You got to write down the tire size and the tires. And the next week, Forest Tire was putting them on the parking lot while everybody's inside the church. And can I tell you today that I am 48 years old, and that was the, one of the most fun times I ever had in church. That man taught me a lot about generosity, and he wants to open your eyes to it as well.